All the Things You Prayed For Chapter 11 Tokyo Banana Content Warning There is a depiction of a panic attack from an outside point of view in the first section of this chapter. Barry isn't a cyborg guy. Or, well, theoretically, he is. He was very into sci-fi as a kid. Or he never would have come up with the Iron Man suit back in the cave he tries not to think about. There's a difference between appreciating the concept of cyborgs and being faced with a real-life cybernetic problem, though. Biology? Human anatomy? Not really an area Barry'd call himself an expert in. But S.H.I.E.L.D. is in shambles, and outside of a few key players, they don't know who they can trust, because the fallout from the Hunger's reveal hasn't settled yet. Congress is in an uproar. There is a Senate committee being convened. The media is skewering Kravitz for the info dump and loot for the fall of the helicarriers. Barry's kind of the only person he'd trust with looking at Luke's brother's arm. They don't know enough to make an informed decision on who else they can trust. Besides, he may be Iron Man, but Barry knows he's not the most intimidating figure when he's not in the suit. Going off what little he read from the Winter Soldier files Jarvis has managed to scrounge up, that's probably a good thing. Barry doesn't ask Loop and Taco to meet him in his lab because he's not stupid. He shows up at Loop's apartment with his tools and a bag of fresh croissants from the bakery on the corner and lets Loop shepherd him into the room. He knows from their texts that neither she nor Taco has slept in the 24 hours Taco's been in the tower, so he brings coffee too. I wasn't sure how you took it, so I brought all the fixins, he tells Taco, setting the cup down with cream and sugar beside him. Loop says you're okay with me taking a look at the arm today? Taco's hair has been braided back, out of his face. He's dressed in sweats that belong to Loop and a whole Winter Industries t-shirt that hangs off of him. In some ways, he looks better than when he showed up at the front desk the day before. Cleaner, at least. But in others, he looks... not great. His eyes are vacant, and he stares at the coffee like he's not sure what to do with it. Barry takes out a croissant and puts it down beside the coffee. This is for you, too. The bakery's great. Loop said you, uh, you kinda had a sweet tooth? Taco picks up the croissant and takes a bite. There's a flicker of interest on his face as he looks down at it. Maybe some surprise? It's good. Behind Taco, Loop beams. Yeah, Taco loves pastries, she says. Always has. I'll fix your coffee, babe. Let Barry see your arm. Taco puts the pastry down and shifts so Barry can have better access to the arm. When Barry reaches out to touch it, Taco flinches. Barry pulls his hand back. Sorry, bud. 
he says, pitching his voice low and soft. Maybe that's not what he should be doing. Maybe that's patronizing? Barry's got no idea. A comforting bedside manner is not something anyone's ever attributed to him. Barry likes people, but he's not always great at reading them, and boy, is that going to be a problem here. We don't have to do this if you don't want to. I'm probably not going to do much today. I just want to get a look. I'm not going to do anything until I've got an idea what I'm getting into. Taco's eyes dart to loop briefly, and then he shakes his head. It's cool, he says. No big. Go for it, thug. Barry's still not sure Taco believes what he is saying, but he reaches out and touches the arm. He lifts it at the elbow, slowly, to remove it from the sling Taco's wearing. Barry tries to keep his movements slow and steady as he straightens it out. Taco's eyes are glazing over as Barry manipulates his arm, which doesn't seem good. Taco, he says. Taco, you can tell me to stop any time you want. You're in control here. It's your body. Your arm. Asset is not. Taco snaps his mouth shut to cut himself off, and a split second later he's on the other side of the room, eyes wild, back against the wall, metal arm hanging limp at his side. Fuck, Loop says under her breath. She holds her hand up in a sign of surrender and takes a cautious step closer to him. Taco, babe, just breathe. It's okay. Everything's okay. You're safe. You're home. The hunger's not here. Nobody's gonna hurt you. Taco's breathing is ragged, and he looks like a man on a verge of a panic attack, confused and scared and hopeless. Barry's been there, and if this is what happens when Barry touches Taco's arm, then he's not sure he wants to know what opening it up would do. Kravitz can be as suspicious as he wants, but Barry? Barry's convinced. This isn't a master spy trying to manipulate them. This is Loop's brother. This is Taco, and he's lost and scared and needs their help. I think that's enough today, Barry says. Right? No more arm touching, I promise. We can try again later if you want, but we made a good first attempt. Taco watches him like a caged animal, unsteady, his chest heaving as he breathes in and out like he just ran a marathon. He turns his attention to Loop and holds out his right hand. Loop takes it and moves closer, but doesn't touch Taco anywhere else. She breathes in slow and deep, exaggerated and obvious as she looks at her brother, and keeps it up until Taco's breathing evens out to match hers, until the tension in Taco's shoulders releases and he slumps back against the wall behind him. Babe, you did good, Loop says. Taco looks up at her like the praise means everything to him, even though her voice is shaking. 
even though Loop looks like she might be the one to fall apart next. You did so good. I'm sorry I pushed you on the arm thing. Should have waited longer, yeah? You don't even know Barold yet. This one's on me. No, Taco says. I'm not... I... Hey, I've got an idea, Barry says, cutting off the blame game before it can start. Let me order just a wild amount of pastries. Like, an outrageous number. I can get them delivered and we can taste test. I've been thinking and I'm sure there's a bunch neither of you have had before. We'll see what you're into. It's a stupid suggestion, but pastries are the only thing Barry knows Daka likes right now. It's all he's got. Hell yeah, Loop says after a moment. She looks at Taco again and puts on a false smile. Babe, you've got to try Cronut. They're going to blow your mind. Taco follows Loop around like a ghost. He haunts her peripheral vision as she moves around the apartment, his footsteps deliberately heavy. He's not as good as Kravitz at letting himself be noticed. Or maybe he is, normally. But right now, he's... Right now, there is so much obviously wrong with her brother that Loop's not sure how to even start trying to fix him. Right now, the fact that he kind of stomps around the apartment is the least of her worries. She wants to scream, but she can't because Taka won't let her out of his sight. Loop gets it, though. She doesn't want to leave Taco on his own, but God does she need space. She's determined not to show him how much seeing him like this hurts, though. There's so much missing, and seeing Taco with Barry was surreal, like watching a horror movie. This isn't how things are supposed to be. S.H.I.E.L.D. is falling apart around their ears. The hunger still out there somewhere, regrouping. Taco coming in should be the good thing in her life, not another hard one. Loop makes Taco lie down on her bed after she and Barry fill him up with pastries. She plies him with pillows and blankets because she knows he likes them. She knows he likes the fleece throw from the foot of her bed, especially from the way he touched it. If Taka was feeling like himself, if the hunger hadn't fucked up his mind, she wouldn't have had to remind him that he could take it. He would have stolen it and told her it was his, and she would have thrown her spare clothes at him and called him a dick. He would have laughed in her face. Loop tucks Taka into bed, full of carbs and fat and sugar, and waits until he passes out to leave the apartment. She feels like a teenager skipping out on fucking babysitting duty. If Kravitz was acting like himself, she'd get him to come down and keep an ear out for Taco. But he looks at Taco like an enemy, cold and assessing. 
Kravitz doesn't trust Taco as far as he could throw him, and Loop's not sure how to convince him that Taco's on their side now. The elevator slides open for her when she heads down the hallway, and Loop smiles as she steps inside. Her boyfriend is a weirdo and a creep, but he's a good dude. It takes her up a floor to the communal living space, and she steps out to find Barry waiting for her with a tablet in his hand. Stalker, she says, and leans in to kiss him. Thank you for today. For everything. Taco's sleeping, but he... Barry, he's real bad. He's barely even Taco anymore. Barry's arms wrap around her waist, pulling her close to his chest. Fuck, Loop, I'm sorry, he says. I should have known that looking at the arm on his second day here would be too much. He doesn't even know me yet. He wanted you to, Loop says, shaking her head and pulling back to look down at Barry. I mean, can you imagine? He's so... He's fucking terrified, babe. He's so scared. He's pretty good at hiding it, but I'm his sister. He can't keep that shit from me. It feels selfish to be mad about this. She thought Taka was dead, and now he's not. He's back, and sure, he's fucked up, but so is she. They've both been through some shit, and they both changed, and she knows she's not the same person she was when Taka fell from the train. She knows all that, but there's still some small angry part of her that wants Taco to just be what she needs. To just be Taco. A part of her that wants him to show her that he remembers how to be himself for more than 30 seconds at a time. My brother's the most opinionated asshole I ever met. Loop says, instead of voicing that. He talks shit about everything. It's the fucking worst, and I hated it, and now all I want is that back, you know? He'll get there, Barry says, rubbing the small of her back with the hand not holding his tablet. Loop, he came here for you. He came here because he loves you and he trusts you. He knows you, and even if he's, uh, he's not all there yet, he's gonna catch up, you know? The rest is coming. If he's anything like you, this isn't gonna hold him back for long. You're unstoppable. Loop laughs and presses her face against Barry's shoulder, turns her head to kiss his neck. Thanks, she says. Sorry for making you my brother's literal sugar daddy today. Barry lets out a bark of laughter and squeezes her fondly. Nah, it's fine, he says. Threw off my entire diet plan. I've never eaten that many baked goods in one sitting before, and my body's confused. Especially about all the dairy. But it was fun, and I think it was... Good? 
I think I gotta earn Taco's trust before I can repair his arm, and it was a step in the right direction. Loop nods and pulls back, smiling down at her boyfriend. It was fun, she says. He likes cronuts, knew he would. They're the kind of weird bullshit Taco would have gone nuts for when we were kids, if we could have afforded shit like that. We used to buy... When we had the money to get away with it, we'd buy a ton of Twinkies. He fucking loved them. Wait, Barry says, frowning. You had Twinkies in the 30s? Yeah, Luke gives him an amused look. Why does everyone assume all we ever ate was potatoes and onions? Your family didn't invent everything, Hall Winter. She pauses. They used to be banana-flavored, though, when we got them. Now they're vanilla, and I know how bad they taste compared to, like, real food. Oh, fuck, Barry says, perking up. Do you think Taco'd be happy if I got him banana snack cakes? Because there's these things in Japan, Tokyo, really, that are, you know what, I'll just buy some. Overnight them. It'll be good. Facilitate bonding, you know? Barry looks thrilled by the idea of buying her brother cake. His eyes are bright behind his glasses, and he's barely suppressing a grin. Loop loves him. You're such a nerd, Loop says, and even to her own ears, her voice is way too full of affection. Love you too, Barry says, leaning up to kiss her. He'll be okay, Loop. You've just got to give him time. He'll get there, and I bet it'll be sooner than we think. Kravitz should apologize to Loop, but he's not sorry. He knows he hurt her feelings, but hurt feelings mean nothing if you're dead. And maybe the soldier had a point during Kravitz's brief interrogation about being able to hurt Loop earlier if he wanted to. But Loop's handed Kravitz the perfect motivation for the Winter Soldier turning up on their doorstep and acting nice, Barry fixing his arm. Of course the soldier came here, to Hall Winter Industries, the maker of robotic marvels like the Iron Man suit, the company Loop's boyfriend owns and runs. If anyone can get a complex piece of machinery, like the Winter Soldier's arm working again, it's Barry. Maybe Kravitz is focusing on the soldier instead of worrying about the info dump. Maybe he's trying to ignore that right now people are reading about the Red Room and dissecting his past all over the world. Maybe he's focusing on Loop and Taco because it's easier than thinking about whether or not RQ is going to make it home safe or not. He's pretty sure the files don't mention anything about the soldier's involvement with the Red Room in detail, but he's not certain. It's too late for Kravitz to change his mind about releasing the files now, though. 
Loops mad at him over being suspicious of Taco now, but she won't stay mad long. Not until she finds out Kravitz knew. But he had a chance to tell Loop about her brother when they first met, and he didn't take it. It's done. He's going to have to live with the consequences. He's focusing on other things now. Trying to keep himself distracted and his friends alive. Kravitz waits until he's sure Loops with Taco, then goes to see Barry. Are you really going to fix his arm? He asks as he walks into the lab. Barry looks up from the tablet he's poking at and raises an eyebrow. Hi, Crav, he says. He taps his screen, and a projection of the soldier's arm appears between them. The schematics from the scarce information on the Winter Soldier included in the info dump, suspended in the air beside a photograph of the arm itself. I think I can fix it. It's all... I mean, I could make it better, given half a chance. This is some Soviet bullshit. But for now, yeah, I can fix it. Barry, do not give the Winter Soldier a better, incredibly powerful arm, Kravitz says, crossing his arms and giving him an unimpressed look. Barry snorts. I wasn't saying I was going to do it right away. Besides, I couldn't even if I wanted to. Taco won't let me near it. That makes Kravitz pause. What? He nearly had a panic attack when I tried to get a look at it earlier. I'm not going to force him to sit and let me open it up until he's more settled. Barry taps the screen again, and the projection changes. Instead of an arm, it's a video, no sound, of Barry and the soldier sitting at Loop's kitchen table. Barry is manipulating the soldier's arm, nice and slow, and then something changes and the soldier's got his back to the wall. His chest is heaving with sharp, sharp breaths. Kravitz can't make out his facial expression from this angle, but the way the soldier's holding himself looks like he's on the verge of coming undone, like he's about to break. Can't fake that, Barry says. Seriously, Crab, he's... It's rough in there. Loop's really broken up about this. I know you just don't want anyone getting hurt, but you gotta see he's not a danger to her. He's just scared. Kravitz stares Barry down. Everyone in this building underestimates what the Winter Soldier is capable of. You can absolutely fake a panic attack, he says. Someone who's been experimented on for years, it doesn't take much to extrapolate that they'd be uncomfortable being touched especially in a way that reminded them of their previous handlers. You couldn't have said that before I tried to take a look at the arm? Barry asks, setting his tablet down. Seriously, bud, I knew it was a risk. Yeah, that's why I didn't do it in the lab. But you weren't there. You didn't 
see him. He was terrified, and Loop was the only thing that reassured him. She grounded him. Kravitz really, really wishes someone would take him seriously. He closes his eyes, and when he opens them again, he's scared, terrified. Like Barry said, his breath is coming quicker, his eyes are wider, and his pupils are blown. His heart rate has sped up, his body language changed, shoulders hunched in, a slight tremble to the way he's standing, unsure what to do with his hands. Barry, he says, and his voice shakes. Barry gapes at him. Kravitz takes a step back, curling in on himself further. He digs his fingers into the meat of his arms. Okay, Barry says. Jesus, okay, I get it. You could have been an actor. Please stop the Uncanny Valley bullshit. I don't like this. Kravitz drops the persona cold, straightening up and raising an eyebrow. You can fake anything, he says, if you're good enough. The Winter Soldier is the best. If he's here, he's got Captain America and Iron Man protecting him from the hunger, offering to fix his broken arm. Don't underestimate him. Barry grimaces. Fine, he says. It's going to take weeks for me to get close to that arm, Crab. You've got plenty of time to make sure you're not just being biased here. And he's... Look, I'm not saying I agree with you, because I don't. But if he is the Winter Soldier, then the Winter Soldier is Loop's brother. Was always her brother. We've got a chance of turning one of the deadliest people in the world into one of the good guys and helping Taco reclaim himself. If you ask me, that's worth a little risk. Sometimes Kravitz feels like the only realist in the building. You and Loop are really made for each other he says wearily. Try not to get yourselves killed giving the Winter Soldier his arm back. He fucked up. He knows he fucked up, and he's not sure how to fix it. After the arm thing, he woke up in Loop's apartment alone. He woke up, checked the perimeter, looked for any sign of loop, then returned to the bed and got back in. He lay there until loop came back to say she was cooking dinner if he wanted to help. He stood next to her and watched her slice vegetables, fingers twitching, knowing from the glances loop kept shooting him that he was doing something wrong, but unable to figure out what it was. Loop keeps sneaking off when she thinks he's asleep. She talks to Hallwinter in hushed tones on her phone or texts with him. She looks sad, and she thinks she's hiding it, but she's not doing a very good job. It's been two days, and Hallwinter hasn't tried to fix his arm again. 
He can't decide if Luke changed her mind or if this is a punishment. If maybe the rush of unfamiliar feeling that came over him when Hallwinter moved the arm around convinced Luke he shouldn't be repaired. He wouldn't blame her for deciding he was too broken to bother fixing. He follows her around the apartment and around the tower when she lets him. He watches the Reaper watch him and does his best to pass inspection. The Reaper can probably tell he's faking it. Loop can maybe tell too. She gives him hints, sometimes, about how to be taco, and he tries to follow them. He tries to piece together the clues she leaves and the information he has from the exhibit and the flashes in his mind, the uncomfortable fragments of insight that sometimes come to him, into something that looks like Loop's brother. Hallwinter visits Loop once a day, at least. In some ways, he's easier to be around than she is, although he feels no pull towards Hallwinter like he does with Loop. Hallwinter gives him sweets and talks and looks at his arm like it's a problem to be solved. He can take being looked at like a problem by Hallwinter. He understands that. He is a problem. Part of him wants to tell Hallwinter that it's okay. He'll try harder to accept his arm being touched next time, but that's not his place to decide. It's Loops. She's the closest thing he has to a handler here. Hallwinter comes into Loops' apartment while Loops braiding his hair, grinning from ear to ear, a stack of boxes in his hands. They came! He says, took a little longer than I'd planned, but I got him. What came? Loop asks, tying off the braid. The things I was telling you about? Hallwinter says. Tokyo bananas. Hey, Taco, Loop says you like Twinkies? Sometimes pretending is easy. Sure do, he says although he has no idea what Twinkies are. If Loop says he likes them, he likes them. Great, says Hallwinter. They changed the flavor to vanilla on the, uh, originals. But these are the next best thing. Actually, they're probably better. I got a bunch and stuck some in the freezer because I figured, I mean, if you like them, it's probably good to have them around, right? His body tenses when Hallwinter mentions the freezer. He forces himself to relax. Loop is safe. Loop knows what's best for him. He'll do what she wants. Freezer? Oh, yeah, Hallwinter says. They'll only keep for a week? Not like Twinkies. They're actually made with fresh fruit and cake, and actually, you'd probably know more about how that stuff works than me, right? Anyway. Hallwinter puts one of the boxes down and opens it, then pulls out a little yellow cake wrapped in plastic. Tokyo banana! He glances at Loop, 
who's grinning as she slides down from the top of the couch to sit by his side. Babe, they totally look like fancy Twinkies, she says. What the hell? Told you. Hallwinter smiles at Loop like he adores her. It's good for Loop to have people like that, people who care and look after her, and who will treat her the way she should be treated. People who will look out for her, because even though he wants to protect her without his arm, he's not as useful. Loop grabs another cake from the box, ripping the plastic open. They're not going to be as good as, you know, bananas suck now. Hallwinter snorts. So you keep saying, he says. Taco, you want to try one, bud? I think they're decent. He glances at Loop, who hands him the cake she unwrapped. Might as well give him the benefit of the doubt, right? How bad can they be? Loop likes it when he tries things. She's been giving him pastries every morning. He takes the cake. Looks good, he says, because Loop said they're like whatever the hell a Twinkie is. Loop unwraps another cake for herself. He waits until Loop takes a bite to try his, and it's good. It's filled with a cream that's not quite sweet enough, but good. Soft and sweet and possibly his favorite thing yet. Better than the lime jello or the strawberry pop-tarts or the cronuts. He pops the rest of it in his mouth all at once and Loop laughs. Yeah, okay, these are better than I expected them to be, she says. I can't believe you've been holding out on me like this, Barold. I didn't even know Twinkies were around when you were a kid until you told me, Hallwinter says. Let alone that they used to be banana-flavored. Kids these days, Loop says, grinning at Hallwinter and his graying hair like this is an old joke. Like it's a routine they both know so well. Neither of them needs to say the punchline. There's a familiarity between her and Hallwinter that makes something twinge in his chest when he watches them together. Loop has a life carved out for herself. Captain America, a national hero again, always, forever. She's an icon. She's a person so full of caring that she can even extend it to him. So full of caring, he's pretty sure that even if she knew he wasn't really her brother, was only a weapon pretending to be human, she'd still care about him. He isn't going to risk it. If Loop knew, she'd be sad. He hates the thought of making her sad. She deserves to have Taco back, and he's the closest thing there is. He wishes he were better at pretending for her. But he's doing his best. He's doing what he can. You want another, bud? Hallwinter asks, 
nudging the box of snack cakes closer to him. Loop is smiling. He can see her face out of the corner of his eye. He knows she'd like it if he had more. She's always happy when he eats, when he swears, when he makes his face look like a person's. Fuck yeah, he says grinning, mouth pulled more to one side than the other, eyebrows quirked. The smile Taco wore in the newsreels when he was plastered to Loop's side, laughing at a camera. He takes another pastry and deliberately doesn't tense up when Loop leans against him, makes a point of keeping his body language relaxed even though she's up against his metal arm. They're better than I thought. Right? Not close enough, but, like, close, Loop says. Sometimes agreeing with her, echoing her opinions doesn't work. But when it does, it works well. Makes her beam at him. So, uh, Loop hasn't said anything about it, but I was wondering... Hallwinter trails off, and his eyes dart to the arm in its sling. Do you think you're ready for me to try and look at the arm again anytime soon? We're on your timeline here, but I'm sure it's getting old having to wear the sling all the time. He doesn't know the answer to this one. Loop hasn't brought it up again. He thinks maybe she changed her mind. He looks at her, waiting, and the smile on Loop's face fades a little. It's up to you, Taco, she says. I don't want... I mean, you had a fucking panic attack last time, you know? I don't want to put you through that again if you're not ready. But any time, any time you're up for it, Barry will take a look. He really wishes she'd be clear with instructions, but it's obvious Loop wants him to say something that sounds like her brother. He looks at Hallwinter. Sure, he says. Might as well try. Maybe I won't have a fucking panic attack this time. Great, Hallwinter says, smiling. Perfect. That's, yeah. Is tomorrow good for you? I'll bring my tools and everything. I'm gonna... I'll explain what I'm gonna do first, you know? I think that'll, uh... That'll help. My schedule's wide fucking open, my man. He says. Because it's true. Because all he does now is stay in Loop's apartment with Loop and tries to figure out how to be what she wants. And this is a step towards that. This is a move in the right direction. Lay it on me. End of chapter 11